Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to have people in the building today. Fantastic. We're on the road back. By the way, a big congratulations to Georgia and Tyler. Georgia was just singing on getting engaged. Woohoo! And also to Joss and Beck uh, McCready having a little baby named Talia. Congratulations and well done. I understand it wasn't an easy delivery, so very brave and well done. We're really thrilled for you. Today we're, I'm starting a series, but I'm only going to do it once every about two months, this one. I'll do about four between now and the end of the year. It's just on grace, and today's one is called The Pit Stops of Grace. So I'll share some interesting things with you, but don't panic. There's a lot of hope that comes out of this message. Um, like cars in a race in life, people need pit stops sometimes to recalibrate where they're at, where they're up to, and how to reset their pace. Uh, I've been reading a book by Alan Nabauer, who used to come to our churches and around the world, uh, solo yachtsman. Uh, and uh, amazing how often at sea they have to take readings to pull themselves back on course, and it's very much like that as a Christian. And why I've used pit stops is because we're going to look a little bit at Daniel in the lion's den, and that was a pit, but it was something that actually wasn't just a trial. It was something God used to really relaunch him and give him favour. So... I'm aware of this, I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I just have a tendency every now and again, I get a bit negative and life just seems a bit too hard. So I've got to get myself out of that pit um, and positive up. And, and that's why I like studying grace so much. If you're putting God first, favour is coming. But to cope with favour, we need character. So usually our pattern in life is we face resistance, we have stability because we're getting stronger and then favour comes. You need strength to cope with God's favour because God's favour usually shows up in more responsibility. So you need the strength, but the strength comes from resistance. The strength comes from trials. So that's why there's that order of resistance, stability, favour, because it actually protects you. My favourite scripture on grace in the whole Bible, I won't even have to turn there because I know it by heart, is Romans 5.2, and it says this, We have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So here's the amazing truth for today. We all are standing in grace right now. If you're in the middle of difficult circumstances or a trial, that doesn't mean that you're not in grace because the season of trial is to prepare you for the next blessing. Whoa. So you're actually always in grace. It doesn't come and go. You're always in it. Circumstantially, it feels like it comes and goes, but in the spiritual realm, it's always there for you. I was just thinking of of some of the things in my life. So some of the landmark grace things were, that didn't look like grace but were, was giving up Ros to gain Ros, giving up teaching to go into ministry, giving up self to gain Christ, giving up the Central Coast to gain Newcastle, giving up finance to gain God's permanent supply of finance in our life. So it's it's just very interesting how it works. And I'm finding as I'm getting older, I'm observing life more and judging things less and some just interesting observations about life. 
in the trenches of success, there is very often a happiness deficit. So success is good. We all love it, but it's not always what it's cracked up to be. I love sport, and I've often heard about people winning Wimbledon or winning a gold medal at the Olympics, and they go, oh, it was good, but it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. And I've sat uh, as a chaplain with, with the Newcastle Jets soccer team. I've sat in change rooms after they've won big matches and notice that there's always someone struggling. Someone could have a season-ending injury. Someone might have had a bad game and now they're going to get dropped for the grand final. So while all the celebrations are going on as a chaplain, I could always find someone in the corner who was down. And, and I, I just want you to watch this. I remember one game many years ago when it was the Newcastle Breakers and we played in a finals game. And one of our best players who played for Australia at the time missed two penalties in that game. And it looked like it was going to lose the game. But we ended up winning the game in a penalty shootout. And this guy was really down on himself because there's this thing in soccer culture, if you hate yourself enough out loud, everyone else will go a bit softer on you. <laughs> so he was having this really tough moment in the change room and I went up to talk and he swore at me and told me where to go. I said, OK, I'll leave you alone. And the next day he rang me up to apologise. But we ended up having a really good talk after that because I didn't put him down for swearing at me and because we were able to get to the place of having a good talk, it really paid off in our relationship. So it, that was grace. When he was swearing at me, there was a grace in that because it led to something deeper that was important for his life. Uh, just some funny things. Um, Bobby White is the king of the one-liners and he, he sent me a list of some just... Funny observations about people. I think some of these are on T-shirts. But anyway, I'm just going to read seven to you. You ready? Because we need a good laugh sometimes. Four out of three people struggle with maths. I thought drink responsibly meant don't spill it. I only have two faults, not listening and um, something else. I'm so busy. I, this is my favourite. I don't know whether I found a rope or lost a horse. I like that. Okay, people. I did want to say this about people. Uh, I was reading a book the other day and it was an author I really like. I won't tell you who it was, but he, he just said this. He said, I have found that many people who have a high mercy for other people and try to help people a lot end up very cynical about people. And I was just thinking ab about that a lot because I watch, you know, sometimes leaders in our church give a lot or pastors, they can give a lot. And I've noticed this, I've just written it like this. Many people high in mercy who genuinely cared for people can end up cynical because people they give to demand more and more and when they can't supply anymore or they stop supply, they are attacked and judged by the same people that they were just giving to. So just a couple of thoughts on that to protect you and help you. I'm not paying out on those that are cynical, I feel for them. But just a couple of thoughts. We don't give because people are nice. We give because of who Christ is. That's, that's a big distinction. And your reward does not come from the person you are giving to. It comes from God. We've had to learn. In our church, people are really gracious and often thank you. But in the <laughs> other places we go, they're not. And so we don't help people to try and get a big thank you or a reward. It's just we do it because we love God and we let him Pardon me, take care of the rest. Now, let me get back onto grace. Just two really important principles in grace. The first one is this. Grace is not just nice. It's very powerful. 
And I'm going to read to you from in the Old Testament in, a, in the King James Version because it's the only one that kind of says it the right way in this section of Scripture. It says it really accurately. It's in Zechariah 4, 4 to 7. Um, there's a God man named Zerubbabel and he's facing a really tough issue that's like a giant mountain before him. And I'll read to you in the old language. He says, So I answered and spoke to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel talked with me and answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spoke to me, saying, This is the word of the Lord under Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So that's where that, that's quoted in the New Testament a few times, but this is where it comes from. And, and he says this, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting. So he's telling Zerubbabel to shout to this mountain, grace to it. It actually says to yell it, grace to it, grace to the mountain. So it's almost like he's blessing the mountain with authority and going, you're going to lie, just not cursing the mountain, you're going to line up with God and I speak grace to you and it's like you'll become a plain, you'll become a flat plain and my way will be smooth. And in the New Testament it does talk about if you've got the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed into the sea. So with those big obstacles, you can actually speak to them and speak grace and over time things can change that you don't think will change. What's interesting, I heard Joel Osteen um, sharing on this scripture once and he said this, he said, I think this is really classic for all of us. He said, as, as humans, Christians very often talk about the mountain, tell everyone about the mountain, but they forget to speak to the mountain and take authority over the mountain. Anyway, I, I just think that's, that's a really good truth. Um, I just wrote this. If you stand in the grace of God, he actually expects some powerful things can happen for you. Speak grace to the mountain. Love your enemies. All things work for good. Um, I just wrote down for all the blokes, throw a rock at Goliath's head and watch him fall. Sometimes that's that's pretty powerful stuff. But watch this, Daniel in the lion's den. This is actually absolutely brilliant teaching, and this is Joel Osteen as well. Daniel in the lion's den. The king loved Daniel and respected him, but Daniel still ended up in the pit. So just because you have grace doesn't mean you won't go through a trial, but what it means is that God will come into the trial with you and get you through it. And something even more spectacular than that happens. Uh, in fact, for Daniel, this was God saying publicly, or Joel Osteen says, God went public with Daniel through this. And there comes a time in your life where God goes public with you. Uh, it's like God saying, I'm with this guy. Some people say, yeah, but the lions weren't hungry that day. Well, guess what? They were really hungry because later on, two or three more people got thrown in and they ate them really quickly. So... That's not actually true that they weren't hungry. Uh, so God goes public, does this public display, and then Daniel is taken out of the pit, and the guys that were resisting in him and manipulated the law to get him into the pit, they were the ones thrown in. And, and the whole thing changes for Daniel, and, and he's given a lot of authority in the kingdom. Uh, so it's like the, the public endorsement is really interesting. Uh, we've even seen situations in our own ministry sometimes... When a promotion happens, like Ros going on to state, some people get jealous and tell lies. I don't know why that is. Someone had done that to Ros, and it was really unfair. 
and it, it annoyed us, but it didn't kind of throw us too much because we knew God would do his thing. And anyway, at state conference last year, these people were there and Paul Scanlon spoke over Roz's life in front of the whole thing and said, you are a very kind person and I haven't seen kindness like this before. And he just spoke over her. It was like God's endorsement. She had defended herself in the situation, but this strong endorsement, and it's happened one other time as well. Uh, and we've just thought, no, let's not defend ourselves. Let's just wait for God's endorsement to come. Another powerful example of grace is Joseph. Joseph spent 13 years in prison. One day he wakes up in prison and the king invites him to the palace to interpret his dream. Joseph says, I'll not only interpret the dream, I'll tell you what the dream is because God had spoken to him that morning. So he tells the king the dream, he interprets the dream, and the king's so impressed that he makes him prime minister of the country. So within a two-hour slot, Joseph had gone from being in prison to being the prime minister. That's how, how grace can work. You can wait longer than what you want to wait, but when God moves, he can move it. And I think that it's like this. It's, it's like the bow when you put tension on it. If you picture um, uh, God's the archer, you're the arrow, when he, and the bow is the trial. So he puts you in there. And he puts pressure on. He allows pressure to come to you. But the more pressure he allows is directly correlational to how far he'll shoot you and the influence you'll have. Um, I've written it down like this. The greater the opposition, the greater the endorsement ends up being. What people meant to harm you with, God uses for good to promote you. Wow. Um, I've put in brackets because this is important because we think, whoa, everything I want in my life. But... It's really for the kingdom <laughs> when you're serving him and it's for the kingdom's sake that that principle works particularly well to advance the kingdom. All right, second principle and the last one before I finish. Um, you activate favour on your life by speaking it out over your situation. That's why we come back to the principle of speak to it, speak grace to it, declare it. Even to become a Christian, Romans 10.8 talks about not only do you have to believe, you have to confess it with your mouth. You have to actually speak it out because the belief makes it possible, but the speaking brings it into existence. Uh, when you speak something out into the spiritual realm, you give it the right to come to pass. So be careful. Stop declaring that there is no favour over your life. Sometimes you can be sabotaging your own future. Don't get too hung up on it. But it is a principle. <laughs> Speak the right stuff over your life. It's really important. How many times you heard people say, oh, I never win anything? Don't say that anymore. We used to say that. That was Ros and I. That's where that comes from. <laughs> I never win anything. Nothing good ever happens to me. Well, that's like you're declaring that stuff over your life. So don't declare that over your life because that's not what the Bible says about you. David King David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And he said that when he was going through a really tough time. So that's what to declare in your prayer when you're going through difficult times. I, I applied this to an interesting one. I had a leak in my swimming pool at home for eight years. It used to only leak a bit, then it got worse and worse. I'd lose about four to six inches a week and it'd drive me nuts. And I had a quote for $3,000 for someone to dig up the whole yard and try and find the thing. And leak detectors came out and they ripped me off and they gave us the wrong information. 
It was just a disaster. So Doug Kempf and I calculated it was just p cheaper to keep putting water in the pool than it was to pay the three grand. Anyway, about a year ago, I thought it was getting to me. I thought, I'm going to start speaking grace to this situation. And I started speaking grace. Now, it took a few more months, but a new swimming pool place went, opened up where I went to get my water tested. And they put me onto a guy that came out within two weeks found where the leak was, fixed it up for $700 and I was done and dusted. And it was just like, I don't know, do you have something in your life where you're thinking, it's just not giving way, it's really annoying me and you need to do something different. Maybe, maybe that's the time to operate the principle of, of what you're speaking over it. Uh, I'll, I'll finish with this story or finish up with this story because it illustrates it really well that People don't have the final say, God does. In 1984, I was school teaching. I was in my third year as a school teacher. And uh, at the start of the final term, the principal said, this year I don't want anybody asking me, can they have extra leave at the end of the Christmas holidays? I want every staff member back right on the first day. Uh, and she was very adamant about it. Anyway, during the last turn, I felt God really speak to me. Ros and I were broken up at the time, and I felt God say, I want you to do a missionary trip through this church. So I applied through the church. They put me on the Sri Lankan team, and uh, I needed to get the first two weeks of the year off school to be able to go. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> but it was, it just I felt it in God, and I knew I had to ask the principal for the time off. So... If God had said to do it, I just had to trust that it was him. So I went in so sheep. I put a lot of prayer into it and asked for time off. Two weeks later, she got back to me. I thought I was going to get abused, but she said, you can have the time because it's for a missions trip. And she gave it to me. Now, it was really crucial that I at least asked the question and did the action because that was the trip where I met Stephen Joseph. That was the trip where Ros and I basically got back together and got engaged two weeks later. So big things in my life hinged on that trip. And even though the person in authority said no, I still had to ask at God's bidding just to see what would happen because if you don't ask, you don't know what's going to happen. And it, and it came off. So it was just a classic for speaking to something and praying for something, praying and asking, but then not just asking, then starting to declare. Can you declare over your own life, I have the favour of God? And a bigger question is, if you're in tough circumstances right now, can you still declare it over your life? Because sometimes that's the most important time. I had to stop going, God, this swimming pool's killing me, and just go, you know what? I'm in grace and I speak grace to that pool and God will give me the answer in due course. It's like that. Let me pray for you. You can answer that question for yourself, but let me, let me pray for you and declare God's favour over you. I can do that because guess what? It's already there. I'm actually praying a faith prayer. I'm, I'm saying that because I don't want to get any credit if favour suddenly comes on your life. It's from God, not me. But I declare over you that the favour of God is upon you. You have access by your faith into the grace in which you now stand. You are standing in grace and you can declare it in the spiritual realm and the atmosphere over your life in Jesus' name.
Hey, thanks, Pastor Mark, for such an incredible message on grace. And I want to give you a moment today to receive God's grace for the very first time. Uh, I want you to know that God isn't mad at you. Uh, he isn't angry at you. He's not afraid of you, your mess, your brokenness. But God loves you. And here's how you can start your relationship with God and receive his grace. You believe in him. You believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for the forgiveness of your sins and that he loves you. So if you'd like to do that today, make that decision, I want you to pray along this prayer with me. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus for us. You sent a savior that he would die for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, I thank you that you've extended grace to us, that you love us, and you will continue loving us. Lord, like David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So we thank you in Jesus' name. If you made that decision just now, we are so excited for you and we want to get connected with you. So why don't you hit that connect button and let us know so we can get in contact with you, pray with you and send you some resources. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.